I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Welcome to the Metabolic Classroom, a nutrition and lifestyle podcast focused on the truth behind why we get sick and fat. What you're about to hear was taken from a live broadcast streamed on InsulinIQ.com. The Metabolic Classroom is brought to you by InsulinIQ and by Health Code Meal Replacement Shakes. Episode 3, Thyroid Hormone Effects on Insulin Receptors on Fat Cells. We know a low-carb diet is great for controlling insulin, but can thyroid disorders make it more difficult to see results? This week, Dr. Ben Bickman and the Insulin IQ team discuss what you need to know about how your thyroid affects insulin and fat cells. We get a lot of questions about thyroid, mm-hmm. about the thyroid hormone and its effect on, on fat and on insulin resistance and, so, uh, and on weight gain. So we're going to talk about thyroid hormone in our classroom this morning for a few minutes, and uh, then we're gonna go to your questions and spend the balance of our time answering questions. So, unless anyone has anything else to add, I'm gonna turn the time over to Dr. Bickman. Yep, great, thanks Jack. Now, Rich and Carly, I I can only imagine, you guys have to see even more questions about thyroid hormone and weight than I even do. Now, I see comments on social media, but because I'm not directly interacting with, with clients, that are wanting to lose weight and improve metabolic health, I suspect you guys see it 10 times more than I do, right? That's a common Yeah, a lot of women who have it are worried to eat this way. Yeah. um, Thinking that it's going to mess up their hormone even more. Mm -hmm. And a lot of women who are fearful of thyroid problems are worried to eat this way. Yeah. Um, And that that is totally unjustified. So uh, (laughs) the the evidence suggesting that a ketogenic diet, although this is outside the scope of the article I want to get to, but... This is a relevant point. The evidence that a ketogenic or low-carb diet is in any way going to negatively impact thyroid hormone production or function is totally unsubstantiated. I know of no evidence that suggests there is a direct problem that, is, that, that, that this dietary intervention is going to somehow 
aggravate or uh, or, even, or cause any thyroid problem. So I'm extremely confident in saying that. Now this article is it, it, it's entitled. Are you guys going to show a little title of it or a snap? It's entitled "The Influence of Thyroid Hormone Level on Insulin Action in Human Adipose Tissue." I wanted to highlight this manuscript, although it's very uh, it's very basic. What what we would call in in a laboratory setting, it's very basic. What they did was actually pull fat biopsies from people. In fact, what we do that in my lab here, and then they looked at the composition and the action of insulin on those fat cells, whether uh, in two groups of people, or three actually, healthy people with normal thyroid, people with hyperthyroidism, and people with hypothyroidism. And I like this manuscript because it really represents this confluence of a lot of interesting ideas. Thyroid hormone, fat cells, and insulin. Dr. Vickman, let me interrupt for just yeah, one second. Yeah. So the, the actual article is behind a membership a, wall. A however, wall. Yeah. however, I'll have the team put the link in there because you can read the abstract mm-hmm. and you could pull, <clears throat> excuse me, our, our followers could, fo- could pull up the article. That's while right. You're you can pull up it. the, and, and even read the abstract, which always highlights some of the key points. Okay. I'm and sorry. those of you who are tempted to pay, don't. It's not worth paying for this manuscript if you're tempted. If you've got a lot of extra money, well, then I guess go ahead. It's not worth it. So again, just to set the stage, there is, without a doubt, a tremendous connection between thyroid hormone and body fat control. And that's because thyroid hormone is known to kind of set the, 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 the choke valve or the idle speed of the engine, the metabolic engine, the, the entirety of... Uh, human metabolism is the sum of all the reactions in all the cells. Thyroid hormone basically accelerates those reactions. So when someone has hyperthyroidism and they're losing weight, they have a higher body temperature, they're hotter, they're sweaty all the time, it's because their metabolic rate is much, much higher. Thyroid hormone is, ex- is pushing the accelerator of virtually every chemical reaction. In contrast, if someone has hypothyroidism, then they're gaining weight more And that is, at least on the surface, because their metabolism has slowed greatly. And it has. They're much colder. And and even body temperature is a function of metabolic rate. Metabolic rate has slowed. They are colder now, and they always need to be bundling up. Now, there's something more than just metabolic rate. And that's what this study touches on, how thyroid is is having a direct effect on fat cells. And I'm, I'm taking too long. So I've described the connection between thyroid and obesity, as well as on what thyroid hormone does. One interesting um, note from this study is that people with hyperthyroidism actually have about double the normal amount of insulin in their bodies. Can you see the problem? Right, that immediately sort of creates this paradox because I'm very much an advocate that insulin matters for obesity and when insulin is high, it's promoting uh, more energy storage and fat cells are growing. And yet people with hyperthyroidism are losing weight like gangbusters. How do we reconcile this? Um, And on one easy answer, it is, well, there's other things going on that we can't explain. But there is an explanation, and this study highlights this. Much of that, up to half of all of that insulin that is being detected as insulin is actually something called pro-insulin. And when some, so if, if someone is, has hyperthyroidism and they would, their doctor would say, oh, your insulin is in 22 microunits, which is what the average was in this study. That is high. I would say that is high. Um, But half of that could be this pro-insulin, 
um, which is the kind of primordial version of insulin. It's, it's insulin in an immature state. It's not matured all the way, and in fact, it's not nearly as functional. It only has about 5% of the functionality that normal insulin has. So we say they have almost double the normal amount. In reality, it, it's, that's not what is happening. They're, they're about normal with regards to their actual insulin level. So that's one sort of discrepancy to reconcile. If anyone's noticed this hyperthyroidism, they'll have higher insulin. It's not really insulin. It's this primordial or immature version of it. Now, some of the direct findings from the study, um, and this was highlighted in figure one, if you guys do have the manuscript and you want to follow along. What they found was that uh, the number of insulin receptors on fat cells varied widely in these two groups of differing thyroid levels. Basically, the people with hypothyroidism, so the people with low thyroid level, they had about 70% more insulin receptors on their fat cells. And an insulin receptor is a place where insulin will come and knock on this, the door of the cell and tell the cell to do something. And when insulin comes to a fat cell, it tells it to take up glu energy, like glucose and fat, and to prevent the breakdown of that fat. So it inhibits a process called lipolysis. So it prevents a fat cell from shrinking. And again, in hypothyroidism, these people's fat cells have 70% more insulin receptors. So insulin is doing that much more of telling fat cells to grow. In contrast, the people with hyperthyroidism had 40% fewer insulin receptors than the normal people. So the difference between them ends up, ends up being more than double, where the, the hypothyroid individuals have more than double the amount of insulin receptors on their fat cells specifically, not other tissues, their fat cells as the people with hyperthyroidism. So it's amplifying what insulin is going to be doing at the fat cells. And even independent of fat cell number, in also in figure one, they found that insulin was binding to the insulin receptors much, much better in the people with hypothyroidism. So not only do they have more insulin receptors on the fat cells, allowing insulin to work better, but the insulin is actually binding much better. There's something about those insulin receptors on the fat cells in hypothyroidism that is allowing insulin to work even better than it was before. Yeah, do we know what's causing that? Um, they actually do elaborate some what's called uh, post-receptor mechanisms. So when insulin comes and binds to a receptor, there's a series of biochemical events called a signaling cascade, and thyroid is directly altering how those kind of secondary players are working. Oh, wow. Now, one last comment, as I, and, I, and I'll finish this up. Um, it is, look, they looked at what insulin does to lipolysis, and that is the term to refer to the breakdown of stored fat. Fat is stored as triglycerides, and it's this big pool of triglycerides in a fat cell, and then you start pulling off the individual fatty acids from those triglycerides. That's lipolysis. In hypothyroidism, low thyroid, even though there's a lot more, well, not even though, because of, there's a lot more insulin coming and working better, lipolysis is dropped significantly. Just insulin, even like molecule per molecule, Insulin is inhibiting lipolysis better um, in the hypothyroid fat cells. In other words, insulin is making the fat cell more inclined to store its energy. In contrast, in the hyperthyroid fat cells, insulin is not inhibiting lipolysis as much. So even though the insulin is coming to the hyperthyroid fat cell, the fat cell is still breaking down fat much more readily. So in that sense, 
the fat cells kind of become a little insulin resistant. You, you know what I mean? Because normally insulin should be telling a fat cell to inhibit lipolysis. So the hypothyroid fat cells are actually more responsive. They're more insulin sensitive in this regard. Insulin is working even better to inhibit lipolysis and force the fat cell to store more. In contrast, in the hyperthyroid fat cell, it's become a little insulin resistant only in this aspect where insulin, even though it's coming, it's not as powerfully inhibiting the breakdown of fat, so the fat cell is breaking it down more. Now there's a lot to unpack there. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully you guys could follow along. One other finding that they note in this study is a, a note of warning. People who are going to be tempted to abuse thyroid hormone um, don't, because that will directly start altering insulin production. So these are drugs to be used uh, with thyroid medications to be used very carefully. If you've been prescribed them, don't abuse them, thinking you're going to accelerate fat loss and do yourself a metabolic favor. No. When you start messing with thyroid hormone, you are messing with a powerful signal that affects the entire body from brain to toes and everything in between. So don't be tempted. But here, hopefully now you understand a little more the axis, the interaction between insulin, fat cells, thyroid, and basically independent of what thyroid does to metabolic rate, increasing it or decreasing it when thyroid is high or low, we also have this direct effect of thyroid on the fat cells. When thyroid hormone is up, the fat cell is, is, uh, has changed its insulin signaling, and now it's releasing fat more readily. There you go. There you go. Yeah, hopefully that wasn't too much. Don't worry. If no. it was too much, we won't. I won't do this much of basic research in the future. I'll try to. I'll try to stick at the whole human level. Yeah, but I just can't help myself. Can I ask twenty questions now? <laughs> Anything, please. Two, let me set that. Let me let me set up these questions with two quick comments. Mm -hmm. First okay. of all, we always remind our viewers: never, we are not your doctors. Yeah. Okay, Doctor Bickman is not your physician. Yep. Cons consider and get together with your doctor. Always consult with your doctor before making any changes in lifestyle or medications. Okay? We okay with that? Everyone yeah. understands yeah. that? Number two, we know our audience pretty well. We have lots of really, um, we have lots of metabolic scientists in our audience that understood every single word yeah, you great. just said. Good, good. On the other end of the spectrum, yeah. <laughs> we have a lot of people that are quite new to this space and certainly are more, um, need that broken down just a little bit. So if some of the questions that we're going to have Carly and Rich maybe pose, if you could, from our clients, from yeah. our right. students' perspective, right. kind of frame up a couple of quick questions on this topic before we leave the topic. That'd be great. I love that, be partly because I'm a student as well. We I'm all trying are. to figure out my own um, body and how it works. And also all the clients who come to me and want answers yeah. and don't necessarily, I can't necessarily give them all the answers. So my first question is, you kind of indirectly um, exposed this idea that although you can control your insulin through what you eat, not everyone is going to see the same effect to lipolysis or weight loss yep. um, based on what they do. Yep, and I that, think this right. has always been kind of a debate. You know, when we have clients come in who say they're doing the program perfectly, um, and I believe that they mm -hmm. are, and they see a lot of improvements to their A1C, their, their blood glucose, even their insulin, better. they see an improvement yep. to insulin, but they're a little, I don't really like this term, but they're a little weight loss resistant. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
that kind of, I mean, this is one example of how you could be Absolutely. weight loss resistant. Yep. With, we know without a doubt that there are direct differences on fat cells that can predispose someone to losing weight more easily than someone else. Not only the expression of insulin receptors, as this touches on directly, and we, this highlights um, directly the effect of thyroid on insulin receptor number. And there are people with very natural fluctuations in thyroid that can even, they can fall within the normal range and thus not be flagged. But because they're significantly different from someone else, we know, this study proves, that can affect the degree, the, the number of insulin receptors. And if you have more insulin receptors on your fat cells genetically than someone else, you are going to have fat cells that are just going to want to be bigger than someone else's. There's just yeah. no way around that. Yeah. So the question is, when you have a client that comes in and weight loss is their goal, which we try, I, the first answer to this, this client who that's all they care about is the number. Yeah. Um, the first thing I try and help them do is change your perspective. Mm -hmm. My dad always said, you get rich quick. Or how do you get rich quick overnight? By changing your perspective. Um, and I think that that's often the case with health. We focus on the wrong things and we need to care more about our long-term health yeah. and less about what magazines show us or, you know, Instagram or social media shows us is what we consider healthy, apparently. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's really important to understand that. But also, um, a thyroid condition isn't something someone can necessarily fix or... It depends on the problem. Yeah. Yep, yep. Some are more easily addressed than others, but it is it is hard. Um, this is a this is a hormone that is so fundamental to life, um, and, and its production is different. Thyroid hormone is almost in its own kind of class. It's not a cholesterol based hormone like the sex steroid hormones. It's not a like peptide based hormone. It's its own kind of thing, uniquely produced, uniquely metabolized, or or removed from the body. That it's it's a difficult one to just go in and try to fix with a simple solution. In fact, you can't. Hmm. Yeah. So are there other conditions off, off the top of your head that have the same um, effect on those insulin receptors and kind of a resistance to lipolysis? Um, yes, yes, but they are extreme. There are some conditions known as monogenic obesity um, where there are uh, actual mu gene mutations in some of the genes that control um, expression or hormones that also influence this expression, but they are very uncommon. Um, short in, in the average individual, where you guys see this kind of heterogeneity, some people respond well, some people don't. I do believe people will be quick to to invoke, oh my my metabolic rate or my metabolism just doesn't work. That is just not accurate. Yeah. Metabolic rate is not the key, and that's why I wanted to shift the conversation to this because we know that the bigger the person, the higher the metabolic rate. And everyone, as they start to lose weight and there's just less of their body, the metabolic rate comes down. That should be a study yeah. actually another time. There was a very cool study that looked at this um, phenomenon and just kind of blew it apart. Um, but the expression of insulin receptors on fat cells, um, that is going to much more explicitly dictate whether someone's going to be shrinking their fat cells more easily than someone else. But it is a note of caution and, and an encouragement to be patient, right? Yeah. That, that if the person is getting frustrated and, and, and they're, they're, they're 45 years old and it took them 20 years to gain that weight, expect it to take 20 years to lose it and you'll be pleasantly surprised when it only takes six or seven you yeah. know, or something like right. that. 
So what they could have, what might be an interesting follow-up study to this would be to then look at people, because this was looking at people regardless of their diet. Yeah, no dietary intervention. So my my follow-up question would be, um, if you were to eat in a way that controls your insulin, would that change the effects of lipolysis or how your body's responding to that insulin? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure it would, just because you would be avoiding foods that are spiking insulin. And that would then, even though those fat cells have more insulin receptors, if there's just less insulin, less yeah. insulin. then there are just fewer people knocking at the door. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. So it goes back to the same principles, really, that we teach. Even if this uh, thyroid yep. condition is, a, is another problem or another roadblock or yep. stumbling block, in many ways it goes back to exactly the same, exactly. same answers. Yeah, right? I don't think it changes the conversation. Yeah. It just maybe helps us have a little more um, patience and compassion. Yeah. Good. Carly, have you ever had uh, clients with menopause that struggle on the, on the program? Yeah. The, what I typically see is that this, for lack of scientific wording, seems to have kind of an anti-aging effect. So I've seen pe- women who thought they were through menopause who start to kind of slide backwards huh. and see menopausal um, problems or people who haven't had a period for a while and they think they're getting through menopause go back to a, a very regular period hmm. so it's almost like it in fertility age yeah. it makes you younger yeah which is um, interesting yeah well that that would be there are studies that look at some of the metabolic changes that accompany menopause including the loss of estrogens which does have direct effects on fat cells and changes in insulin resistance status and insulin levels. Those also change with menopause. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We might want to do a, a metabolic classroom Oh, about I got the articles. <laughs> I got the articles yeah, for good. it. I got, if you guys, I got articles for everything. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm trying to sell. I got like my trench coat. You want PCOS <laughs> articles? I got Menopause? Them. Dementia articles? I got them. And, and we love your suggestions. If you have a topic you'd like to suggest for one of the metabolic classroom episodes, please do so. Thank you for listening to the metabolic classroom. This podcast is brought to you by Insulin IQ, nutrition and lifestyle coaching for insulin control and better health. Learn more at insuliniq.com. And by Health Code, the world's healthiest and most delicious meal replacement shake. Learn more at Get Health, that's G-E-T-H-L-T-H dot com. Find us on Facebook and YouTube at Insulin IQ. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.